Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Well, hello, everybody. This is Sandy Weiner. I am the founder of Last First Date. And I am the dating and relationship coach for women over 40 who want to attract and sustain a lasting, loving relationship, healthy relationship. We have a great show coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking with Roberta Shaler, the relationship help doctor, about the importance of not falling into the trap of settling for a partner just because you're getting older. And I have my own little story to share about that, but I'll do that in a few minutes. As a dating coach, it is my mission to help women over 40 recognize the qualities of a good man and learn the skills that it takes to make love last. And it is a set of skills. We are usually not born with them. We learn them. And many of us don't have the models at home to teach us how to have that kind of relationship that's really healthy and lasting. And the women who come to me for support are really successful in most areas of their life, but they have they really struggle in the romantic area. And part of the challenges that they have, um, one of the challenges that I see them making over and over again is that they don't know how to approach dating any differently than they approached their work life. So they have a lot of success in the workforce, but they bring that same level of competition and right or wrong to their dating life. And it sabotages their dates, and it it, it is um, actually a repellent to the men that they are attracted to. And I I used to think it was really cool to say that I was crazy busy, Uh, because I was building my practice after my divorce and and really busy with my life and my children. And a lot of men were really confused about what I was doing dating because they thought I just had no time to date. Um, So I didn't give the impression that I was available to date. So those are just two common mistakes that people make over and over again without realizing that they are repelling the men that they're attracted to. And I have compiled a free guide to reveal the top three mistakes that people make in midlife when they're dating, and that is for men or women. Um, So if you would like a copy of it and learn how to turn those mistakes around so you can attract the love of your life, I'd love to give you this gift. Um, Just to get get your copy, go to lastfirstdate.com and sign up on my homepage because I want you to go on your last first date. Today's show is sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. You can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you like. Get your free book when you sign up today for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. And now for my guest, Roberta Shaler. She is a PhD. She is called the Relationship Help Doctor. And she guides committed couples to find solutions to the challenges that life and family bring, helping them move closer, get stronger, and share greater intimacy. Working with her, couples find healthy ways to balance independence and togetherness, experiencing once again the joy and mystery of true love. 
You can get valuable insights by subscribing to her, her weekly newsletter and podcast, Coupleology, Vital Tips for Relationships, at tipsforrelationships.com. And I'd like to welcome Roberta to the show. Hey, Roberta. Hello. Hi, Sandy. Hi. Hi. I love the message that you stand for. Um, very, very much right up my alley. Um, really having a healthy, healthy approach to relationships. And um, glad to hear that you're helping couples figure out what it takes to get them to have those healthy relationships. Well, thank you. Yes, it's certainly uh, a wonderful thing to see couples who really are in the question about whether or not they'd like to stay together and finding the skills and the insights they need to move towards each other once again and create that Mm. closeness and the emotional intimacy that they were really missing. Mm -hmm. Many people run away at, at a time when they could become even deeper if they can figure out how to get over the hump, I'm imagining. Well, it's absolutely true. I'm also a professional mediator, and one of the stories that really stands out for me is um, a woman came to me to talk about her relationship and how she was ready to file her divorce papers. And as we were talking and working together around that, I mentioned that it was possible that you could recommit and reignite and have a thriving relationship And she really wanted that. So her husband was uh, part of the process, and he came in. And um, they they ended up with a relationship better than either of them ever thought possible. Oh, wow. Well, it's so nice to hear a story of success um, because people really need to know that things like this are possible for them. So thanks for sharing that. I think people have to understand what commitment really means. Many times it's it's a conditional commitment. They're not really all in. Like my latest mm. book is called Kaizen for Couples, Smart Steps to Save, Sustain, and Strengthen Your Relationship. And in there, Sandy, I talk about what I call the one of the reasons for the high divorce rate, and that is because people are in what I call a hokey-pokey relationship. They've got one <laughs> foot in and one foot out, and that's what it's all about. They never did put all four feet in and say, no, this is where we live now and we'll figure it out. And they have a lot of friends who back them up by saying, oh, well, if it doesn't work out, you can always get a divorce. And that's a hokey-pokey relationship. Now, if that's Mm. what you want, then that's easy. You can go and have one any day of the week. (laughs) But Uh if you want a fully committed relationship and all the joy and safety and trust and respect and honesty and emotional closeness there is, then you do have to learn skills to move in a better direction because probably mm-hmm. you didn't learn that at home and maybe you learned some things that were great but maybe you need a few others or maybe you just didn't have a background or good models to even begin to have a relationship like that and everybody needs to know that you can learn how. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that term, hokey-pokey relationship. It's great. Uh, and that's how people date. You know, it's disposable um, often. So so let's talk about dating in midlife um, because that's the focus of this show. And um, I, I will tell you that my story at age 28 was I was too old and mm-hmm. that if I wanted to start a family, I better hurry up and, and pick the partner that's most viable. Um, 
<laughs> and he wasn't the right person. <laughs> but it it was my best option. And um so you know, I I I totally I did it at 28 thinking that was old. I can just imagine what people in midlife are feeling um in terms of running out of time and that they'll be alone forever. Um so can you give us a different perspective on dating in midlife and finding a mate? Sure. I mean, first of all, I wanted to say you got to midlife and you're still alive and you'll still be alive in two years. So don't worry about that. Um, You don't have to find a a mate in order to have a life. And if you have a focus that life is incomplete or a belief that life is incomplete without a partner, then you're going to have an incomplete relationship anyway because you need to have a whole relationship with yourself first. And if you do that work, and if you fully engage, um, again, in Kaizen for Couples, I talk about what I call the relational gifts. And this came about a long time ago in my work in the 80s when self-love was kind of a new term and people were talking about how you had to love yourself. And some of my clients said, what does that mean? And so I thought about it long and hard, and I thought, all right, there are five gifts that you have to give to yourself, and that's how you demonstrate self-love. And what those are are honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability. So your relationship with yourself has to reflect those things, honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability. And when you are in good relationship with yourself with those relational gifts, then you have a gift to give because you can't give a gift you don't have. So what happens if you don't have that relationship with yourself, you go looking for it from somebody else. And when they don't give it to you, you make them wrong for not giving it to you. So you have to be whole and complete within yourself. And at midlife, you should be in a wonderful place for doing that unless you've lived under a rock thinking that you're never going to have a good life unless you have a partner. Uh-huh. Because this is a wonderful time to embrace life. You have you have a sense of what you like, what you don't like, where you're going, where you're not going, where you've been, where you don't want to go again. You have all kinds of things there. And you should be in a place, I, I hesitate to use the word should, but I hope you're in the place where you're comfortable with yourself and you know who you are and you know what you want. And so when those things are true, then you're in an ideal space to know who would be an asset and a great addition to your life. And that's a wonderful place to go out from. I'm whole and complete within myself. I don't need to be in a hurry. Now, you mentioned wanting to have children. Well, there are some people now who maybe are 40 and didn't have children and want to. So aside from the biological imperative of a better hurry up before that can happen, if you happen to be female, um, that's the only thing that should be driving you to be in a big hurry. Because dating from a place of relaxed interest is so much more fulfilling and productive than it is from having auditions and interviews. Yeah. Well, you mentioned a lot of important things, and that I, I I love that you bring out the five gifts of self-love. So we talk about self-love a lot in today's world of of coaching and and therapy 
and how important it is to love yourself first. And I didn't really understand that at all until I probably was around 50. Um, and how important it is to come from that place of wholeness and um, not a hole in your heart, which is what a lot of people are trying to fill. And so, um, but I like I like the clarity of the honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability because people often are looking for all the wrong things in relationships. And if you have that within yourself and you have those gifts to give, so it's a give and take. Um, you, these are the things you're looking for, and these are the things you have yourself. That sounds like that's what you're saying, correct? Well, yes. I'm, I'm saying go out with those things intact within yourself. Not an idea, but in practice. They're the mm-hmm. things that are you, and that you know that about yourself, because that's when you become attractive to those things. You mm-hmm. can't attract things that you don't have. When you do that, you end up in some old-fashioned kind of thing where it's uh, perhaps more sexually or hormone-based than it ought to be, right? Mm-hmm. At middle age, you're not, you're not looking for, well, I mean, who doesn't enjoy a romp in the hay? But that's not the major <laughs> reason, right? <laughs> you're looking for a companion, somebody you want to see on the other side of the dinner table, somebody that accepts you for who you are, I mean, acceptance is such a huge thing. And if you don't know who you are, how are you going to teach them who you are? Uh And then how are they going to accept you? So you put on your best phase, your game phase, your dating phase or whatever, and you go out and you live like that, you're going to get found out. You know, there's going to come a time when reality strikes and you're not that big up and on and ready, ready for the dating world every minute. You're just relaxed in you, and you better take that person out. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. I've told people, go on your first date um, in your comfortable jeans without your makeup if you happen to be female or, you know, in your most comfortable clothes if you happen to be a guy. And if that turns them off, you've got your litmus test already. Hmm. Because that's who you are, you know. Maybe just don't. Don't go dressed to the nines and all turned out and hoping that you think you're presenting yourself in a way that is honest. Because unless you do that every single day of your life and that you put wear makeup to bed if you happen to be female, that's not the way it is. <laughs> you want to be comfortable in your relationship. Well, yeah, I agree that you want to be comfortable, but I also think you should look your best. And I, I have gone on dates with men who, who look like they just pulled their clothes off the floor. <laughs> and uh, they may have been comfortable, but I felt like they put no effort in. And I think that you do want to put effort in. You want to show up and, and, um, and, and make a good impression, not a false impression, but make a good one and put effort in just like you would for a job interview. I mean, I wear makeup every day. I don't wear it to sleep, but I wear it every day. Um, so I think, I don't know, to me it's like there's, I don't want people to think they can just show up in their worst outfit because it makes them really comfortable to wear pajama pants around and um, and they should show up on a date like that. Well, you know, I'm not suggesting that you take your worst self out on your worst day and say, here I am, I am. here I am, this is how I am. But I'm right. suggesting that, you know, don't don't put too many false coverings on there. 
You know, mm-hmm. go in a way that you're comfortable and that you would be comfortable most days, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not this is a special occasion, me, and and I have put four hours worth of effort into getting ready for tonight, but that's not the way I spend my days, right? Yeah, essentially, yeah. No, so my son just had a, a guest from Holland who's he's about 23 years old, and he said one of the biggest turnoffs is makeup on a woman. And that's a pretty common thing. Men say that all the time. They don't like heavily made-up women and no, because they, they want to see the real you. And they want you to be comfortable, too, you know, mm-hmm. that that you don't... You know, that it's not something that you have to have because you're hiding behind it or whatever. You know, yeah. there, there are lots yeah. of psychological reasons for why we do what we do to spruce up for each other. And some of them are absolutely lovely and wonderful, and some of them are a little deceptive. So, you know, mm-hmm. let's just be our comfortable selves, happily presenting ourselves in a good light, as you say, but let's not go overboard with the um, stress to impress, you know. Yeah, well, we don't want to put masks on because that's right. One of the, yeah, so some people keep that mask on both in their personality and in their look for months, even a year, and then all of a sudden, when they have a committed relationship, they let things down and they let the mask down, and all of a sudden, the person says, "Who is this person I'm with? I don't recognize him or her." So we don't want that to happen. No, we don't, because that that gives you a terrible feeling of betrayal. Yes. And we don't want that. Yeah, so you have to be confident with who you are to be able to show up as your true self. Um, So that's part of knowing who you are. And um, so I want to talk about a little bit of a different aspect of dating, which is um, you mentioned that people need a different radar when dating a midlife. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, what that radar is, how you develop it? Yes. Uh, when when we're out in the, the initial mating world, the uh, imperative to to mate and create a family and, and do all those things that keep our wonderful humanity alive, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's an entirely different time of life than it is in the midlife situation where you're choosing someone that you can be interactive and comfortable with, that has something to say that you'd like to hear, that listens to you and is truly interested. Um, I think there's a big difference between um, listening with the intent to protect oneself versus listening to the intent to learn about the other person. Hopefully by midlife, and those are not my words, they come from Jordan and Margaret Paul, but... um, that you're you're in a place where you have a different desire for a mate for different purposes than you did originally. Even if you thought mm-hmm. they were the same, they're not because of the whole thing about creating a family together. So mm-hmm. your radar needs to be kind of highly honed to look for people who are open and comfortable and available emotionally, available physically, people who have a willingness to be somewhat transparent, that they will tell you where they've fallen down before and how they've picked themselves up and are willing to move on. There's not that sense of bravado that I have to always be that 
perfect self, and that there's a the the um, motivation to mate has a, a recessed some, and now it is the desire to relate, right? Mm. So that's um, an important distinction. Mm-hmm. And so in midlife, uh, your radar has to be looking for people who have a desire to relate. We're mm-hmm. not about, you know, creating the perfect career. We probably have it. We're not about competition because we've outlived that. Um, there are, are these things that we need to be really, really comfortable with and that we need to be able to see where people are focused on values that may be similar to ours. Mm-hmm. When we're young, we're kind of attracted by people who are allowed to do what we don't allow ourselves to do. So, for instance, if we've been taught that it's not nice to get angry then and never express it, we're attracted to somebody who's allowed to express their anger. And this is subconscious, of course, in most cases. But then we get, we're attracted to that because they have, they have what we are not allowed to have. So we think that that's attractive. Then we become involved with that person, and we find out it's really a very unattractive trait many times. Uh-huh. And so now we're in a place where we should know ourselves so well that we are not attracted to people who are uh, in that situation where they can do it so now that's wildly attractive to us. We've brought that to consciousness, and it's not so anymore. We're looking for someone who's comfortable in his or her own skin and um, willing to participate at the level that we are. Now, that's going to be different for everybody because some people are passive by nature, some people are quiet by nature, and sometimes they like to be around someone who's a, a lot more uh, outgoing. Uh, that that uh, another person who likes to be very quiet now realizes they don't want that other person who likes to be outgoing. Now their radar says, I want someone like me. So there's not unrealistic expectations and comparisons going on. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You know, these are the kinds of things that our radar is looking for now. It's not the, it's not that we've abandoned the fact that we'd like to be attracted to the person, but we are attracted to them for different reasons, and we're looking for different things. Yes, and it's much deeper um, to me when you have when you start with that kind of attraction because it's much more wholehearted rather than looking for a mate for the wrong reasons um, or to somehow make up for qualities that you don't have. And um, I I just, I love what you said about the desire to relate and not mate. Um, I remember when I started dating after 50, after my divorce, thinking, I was reading all these books and they're all about how to snag a husband to Mm -hmm. father your children. And I said, this just so doesn't relate to me. I'm looking for a friend. I'm looking for for a partner. I'm looking for somebody who's evolved and open and can express themselves emotionally. And it's it's very different from what I was looking for, obviously, at 28, thinking I was getting too old and wanted to have children. So, you know, who's going to raise my children in the way that complements how I wanted to raise my children? Um, it's a very different focus. And and it's so wonderful to be at this stage in life. If if people have done the work and they know e- 
who they are, then they're in to me it's the prime it's a prime time to find a partner that will really compliment them. Yes, and it's lovely. You know, I I have I am have the most wonderful partner ever and mm. I've had other partners and I can tell you that this is the most wonderful partner ever. And mm. it's all about the fact that our we we have the same level of thought. We have the same interest in creativity and innovation. We like to talk about things in real depth and wrestle them to the ground. <laughs> you know, ah. um, it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful partnership. And it's not about infrastructure anymore. It's not about who takes out the garbage or any of those things. Those things get taken care of because it's so much more important to be able to relate. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So the logistics and, you're and able the infrastructure to, are, don't count mm-hmm. the way they used to. And I think also you become much more forgiving because you can forgive yourself, and that's that's a really important piece too. To have self compassion, you become less judgmental of others, and that's a lovely quality in any relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You you certainly become more forgiving, but you also become more accepting mm-hmm. that that other person is human and they're going mm-hmm. to have moments when they're not at their best and you just let them go by. You don't make a big deal of them. You know, yeah. it's about acceptance. Mm-hmm. My partner and I wrote a book in 2008 called Soul Solitude, Taking Time for Our Souls to Catch Up and there are four things that we talk about in there that are essential to having a life that really fulfills you, and that's acceptance, gratitude, trust, and surrender. And acceptance mm-hmm. is number one when it comes to a relationship, accepting who your partner is and then working together. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do a lot of graphics for Coupleology to put on, you know, we have a Facebook page at Coupleology, and I, I put up graphics there, and the other day the thought came to me that, and I made a graphic of it, people can go and have a look, um, and it, it's the big shift that has to happen is from uh, how, what's in it for me, to how to be a better we. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between young dating and middle-aged dating. Mm. Yes, from me to we. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's hard for a lot of people to wrap their heads around, but I think when you get that, you are going to have much better relationships. And the focus, and, and it expands the me. It expands who you are when you're in a great relationship. Um, so we only have a few more minutes left, um, and I would li- I, I just wanted you to repeat those things, acceptance, gratitude, trust. I, I didn't get all of them. And surrender. Oh, surrender. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, um, so would you say that's, that's a great place to, to leave people to, um, that that's where they should be working towards? I think those are good ideas, but I have one more idea for you, Sandy. Okay, please share. And if you were in my consultation room, you would see this in one-foot-high gold letters. 
And I tell folks it's the most important thing that I can teach anyone. And Uh what it says on the wall is, the truth is what you do. Uh And so if our behavior matches our beliefs, matches our purpose, matches our values, matches our vision for our life, great. If our behavior doesn't, then either the behavior has to change or the values and vision and beliefs and purpose have to change. Uh And when you're dating, believe what the other person does, regardless of what they say. Uh Believe the behavior because our behavior is our belief. Yep. So true. I just wrote an article about that today. Um, yeah, so important. Um, somebody wrote me about her heartbreak um, where this man made a lot of false promises and his uh, his behavior did not follow his words. Um, and so that is just, you have to keep remembering people get swayed by words and they're meaningless without the action. Um, right. Yes. So thank you for all these wonderful words of wisdom. I love how you put everything into ways that we can really understand and remember. Um, and how can people find you? Well, the easy way to find me is go to coupleology.com. And if you'd like to stay in touch with me, you'll see that there are opportunities there to subscribe to my newsletter and my podcast that goes with it, uh, Coupleology, Vital Tips for Relationships. And you can always go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash coupleology. I also have a YouTube channel at The Relationship Help Doctor. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Roberta Saylor, for being on the show today. And thank you all for listening in. And I hope that you will go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.